BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, guys. Bringing into the program, Rich Rebar. This is the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock. We are breaking down the two conference championship games uh, for, I guess, you know, as long as it takes. Could be could be a five-minute podcast. Could be a 30-minute podcast. We have no idea right now. Uh, two o'clock Central Time. We got Ravens, Chiefs. I think seven, five, 5.30 Central Time is uh, 49ers, Lions. Um, yeah, man. How we how we feeling? How we doing? Do we think that these are the four best teams in football? Uh, I personally do not. I think probably, yeah, close. You know what? Close enough. I think the Lions resume versus the Eagles versus the Cowboys. I think it's close enough. I, I think it's close enough to say, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that the two teams that we thought were the best teams in the football the whole year, the Ravens and 49ers are still alive. So yeah. That's kind of what matters. Obviously, they were both the one seeds too, and it's not just that they were they were the kind of the team set on this course. This is, and before we even start to bet these games, I, you know, I think a lot of people are known of the course of the year. Like I'm, I'm openly just rooting for the Ravens at this point. Like I, I want Lamar Jackson to win a Super Bowl. We've been on here I, last year. I tried to stump for why the reasons I wanted Jalen Hurts to win a Super Bowl. I want a quarterback of this archetype to finally win a Super Bowl, so we can stop talking about you can't win a Super Bowl with a quarterback of this archetype. And then the Ravens in general, like this is as good of a look as they may ever have again. I mean, they, they, they've already beat both NFC teams pretty handedly. Uh, one was on the road against San Francisco. So like, and, and if they win it going through Mahomes, like it, it adds a little something to it still. So like, this is as good. This iteration of the Chiefs team is the softest version we've had under Mahomes. So if the Ravens don't cash this one in, I don't know if they're going to. Um, yeah, I mean, that is, uh, so that's an interesting point. Obviously I am not rooting for the Ravens. Although if I was going to pick one team for the Kansas city chiefs to lose to in the conference championship, it would definitely be Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, um, losing to the bills last week. That would have hurt, uh, losing to the Bengals, you know, had Joe Burrow played a healthy season. Gotta be honest. I really Bengals fans irk me and the whole Bengals, uh, you know, when they started calling it Burrowhead, all uh, that stuff, it, it was, it was annoying to me, but you know, same, same, same deal as you. Uh, I have, I've been a Lamar guy since he was at Louisville. I, you know, the, the, the fucking Bill Polian quotes, how oh, he should be a wide receiver, uh, all, all that stuff. I'm, I'm totally with you. Lamar is a great player. Um, I would be happy to see him hoist the Lombardi and it would make very easy rooting for the Super Bowl, right? Uh I mean obviously I would root for the Chiefs there, but but Ravens 49ers, I don't even have to think I'm taking the Ravens, you know, uh probably minus two and a half against the 49ers. I know ex- like I know exactly what I'm doing there. Uh, all of that. Um oh yeah, I, I like the Ravens. They're a good team. Whatever. 
I got I got no issue. I just don't want it to bleed into the actual analysis when we get there. That you know, hey, it it, it happens. I'm rooting for the bank uh, Ravens at this point. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh let's get into the actual analysis. This is sort of your classic. What wins a great offense or a great defense? You know, type of type of spot because both of these teams weirdly do have good offenses, but not like giga mega elite for, for the chiefs. I mean, they were very elite last week, but for the entirety of the season, if you look at their weighted DVOA uh, versus for like Mahomes's entire career, their yards per play versus Mahomes's entire career, all that stuff. Like the Ravens were third in the NFL in yards per play, but they were, you know, basically tied with the lions, with the bills, with the Cowboys, with the Rams, the chiefs, the, the lowest yards per play a chiefs offense has ever had. They were ninth in the NFL in yards per play on offense. You know, they've got the the wide receiver problems, well-known. But these are definitely the two best defenses remaining in the playoffs, probably mm-hmm. two of the four best defenses overall in the NFL for the, the just the entirety of the season. The Chiefs are, are I, I guess you would probably know a little bit better than me, but they had some guys get banged up last week, like McDuffie left the game, and then um, I, I don't believe he came back, so I don't know if he's playing in this game or not. Sneed, obviously, is going to be big. The, the the thing, though, is, you know, the, the Ravens are going to run. The Ravens are just going to yeah. run on this team, and that's what the Bills were doing. I, I actually think the Bills... You know, it, there were people on Twitter like, oh, they they keep running. They keep running on first down. Why are they running on first down? I'm like, I don't know, man. If Ty Johnson is averaging like nine yards per carry, I probably am just going to keep running against the Chiefs. So that is my opening spiel. Those are my those are my opening thoughts. Your turn. Yeah, I mean, this is the two best defenses for sure in the playoffs. I think this is this is what has kept the Chiefs, you know, from bottoming out at, at certain points of the season. I mean, they went they went through a, like a basically a ten week stretch of the season where they were like one of the worst second half offenses in the NFL. I'm talking like bottom two and three in the NFL. Like they were like Giants and Patriots type bad of scoring touchdowns like in the second half of games. Like they just couldn't move the football. Very inconsistent play. I mean, they, I, I I got a good stat for you as it pertains to that. So at the point in which Deshaun Watson injured his shoulder, the Deshaun Watson DTR PJ Walker Browns had scored more points than the Chiefs at that point in the season. Yeah, it's just absolutely it, it's it's they're good in like some metrics that like they you're like oh well it's not that bad when you look at like some yards for play stuff or even some like scoring rate you're like oh but, you know the Chiefs like yeah they were down in like context of the Chiefs but they weren't that bad overall in context in the NFL. And then you think too, well, it's a down NFL season overall again in scoring. So it's like, Oh, maybe it wasn't that bad. But then like, there's just like some stuff where it's like, Oh, they were like bottom two and three in the league and some of this stuff. And it's just like, yeah. And it, and it took probably half the year uh, for them to figure out what they were doing with Rasheed Rice. It helped when they started playing Rasheed Rice kind of full time. Uh, they started, it also helped when they started to lean into Pacheco just as like the full time back and didn't have like any type of rotation uh, really outside of like playing McKinnon on third downs and now McKinnon's out and it's just been all Pacheco and they've been more of a run offense and then letting Mahomes kind of play off of that. than in years past uh, that those are things that kind of helped them like stable the ship. But then you just go back like a month ago and like, this is a team that couldn't even score a touchdown on the Raiders. Like yeah. it's like hard. It's like hard for me to like wipe those things out and say, Oh, because the chiefs played these two playoff games against two defenses that were extremely banged up coming into those games and especially in areas where the chiefs could exploit them 
you look at last week, they ran their most 12 personnel and 13 personnel in a game last season by massive, by massive amounts because they knew the Bills didn't have any linebackers and they had to keep the limited linebackers that they had uh, there at the bottom of the bag there with like A.J. Klein. Like they had to keep those guys on the field. And credit to them, that's just good coaching. But they're also, this weekend, they don't have one of those clear-cut advantages against the Baltimore Ravens defense that is one of the best, if not the best defense in the NFL. They're loaded in the middle of the field because that's where the Chiefs have been crushing the last two weeks is attacking these middle-of-the-field injuries that the Dolphins and the Bills had. That's not an issue with the with the Baltimore Ravens. They're third in the NFL and middle-of-the-field pass defense. Uh, the one area where you can kind of like beat up on the Ravens is – uh, in the run game a little bit. So if you can get them to kind of go into like their heavy boxes to come and stop the run, they've been more vulnerable in the past, which inherently makes a lot of sense. So the start of this game and how the Chiefs can run the football is probably going to dictate a lot of how this game is going to go. The Chiefs also aren't going to have Joe Thune for this game, which is pretty massive. He absolutely dog walked at Oliver in that game last weekend. So there's just a lot of moving parts. It's the same boogeyman though, right? Though like someone has to go through the Chiefs you have to beat Mahomes as a dog. And that's the thing. If you want to bet against this game, you have to bet against Mahomes as a dog. And honestly, I think the spread would probably be a couple points higher, maybe like four and a half, five and a half, if it wasn't just for that fact. Yeah. Mahomes hasn't been a, he hasn't been an underdog of more than three points right now. It's, I know I'm taking some leans here because it's a hook. It's three and a half, but he hasn't been a, a, an underdog by more than three points since 2020, ironically in Baltimore. Has he ever been a dog in the playoffs before the Super Bowl? No. Yeah. They've been at home. They, I mean, they've been at home right. every game. Yeah, shit. Last, week, last week was the first time they were dogs. Uh, and, you know, obviously, I was I was on them to win. It made it close. Um, and, the, and the Ravens are probably going to look at a lot of what the Bills did with jo- in unison of using uh, Josh Allen with the combination of the running backs in the run game. And when you look at how Steve Spagnola has defended Lamar Jackson, and they haven't played since 2021, so grain of salt. But Steve Spagnuolo, the last two times these teams have played, has blitzed this Lamar Jackson's face off. Like, he's blitzed him 44% of the time and 43% of the time. The last matchup when the Ravens actually won, the Chief, the Lamar made them pay uh, by being really efficient against the blitz, and then he ran he ran all over them. The Ravens, basically, part of their answer was to use a lot of, like, counter runs and Lamar Jackson in the run game. So I do believe that's going to be a big point of emphasis but the, the Ravens themselves have to start hotter than they did against the Texans. You don't want to like meander your way. You can't, you can't be in a way. hole like that against the Chiefs because they will they will put that arm bar on your throat and they will not. You know, it it used to be that okay, well yeah, you got down 10 points to the Chiefs or whatever, but the defense stinks. Yeah. So Pat's got to be really good and the running game has to be really good and Kelsey has to do something amazing. But the weird thing about watching Chiefs games this year is that you do sort of feel like, ah, well, okay, yeah, they can kick this field goal and, like, it's fine because they'll probably just get the ball back anyway. And if that's not true, I would say, like, if the Ravens score, like, if they are uh, if they get 21 in the first half, like, if it's just, like, Lamar has, like, some amazing run and Gus Edwards is getting all the short yardage, like... I, I mean, I, I don't know if this version of the Chiefs with... You know, Rashi Rice, who did look like legit banged up last week. I I, I mean, he's going to play and he practiced and everything. Mm-hmm. Pacheco, too, by the way, did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So, like, if it's a situation where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has to be, you know, a- out there quite a bit, you know, 
I don't know how I don't know how great I feel about uh, Clyde being involved in in that situation. But I mean, you know, it's it's very trite, but a lot of it just comes down to how well is Lamar going to play as a passer? Like, is Lamar going to be playing? Like, is Lamar going to be accurate? If it's third and seven, you know, how many of those, uh, you know, quick slants to Mark Andrews, who is going to play in this game, like how many of those are complete? Because the deal with Lamar is Lamar is a great player, a very worthy MVP, but he is not as accurate of a passer as Mahomes and Allen and and these guys. He's still a very good passer, and he, every year of his career, has been a top 10 EPA guy, even if you exclude the rushing plays. So I'm not, I'm not doing this Lamar Jackson as a running back analysis, but you have wider error bars when he drops back to pass than you do with some of the other really great quarterbacks. Um, the other thing is the Chiefs, for whatever reason, just like we're not using any kind of spy protections at all on Josh Allen last week. And it really almost bit them in the ass a couple times where, and he, it, it did bite them in the ass a couple times where he converted what he converted a third and nine. He did that pitch play to Ty Johnson, like, you know, and Lamar is, is better at that even than Josh is actually. So that I, my, my primary concern as someone who's rooting for the chiefs is Lamar could run for 120 yards here if that if they if they do that again and Lamar is going to be way better even in the open field too at making safeties and defensive backs miss. Yeah, I mean you look at Spags, I mean that's their MO, right? It's an aggressive defense. They play a high rate of man coverage, they blitz a lot, they're aggressive and those types of defenses become vulnerable to quarterback running whether it be, you know, via the scramble because it's either a quarterback is one-on-one or you've got a lot of defenders backs to the quarterback because they're in coverage. And you look at all the rushing yards like the Chiefs gave up this year to quarterbacks. And in the history of this matchup to the Ravens, I mean, he's the last three games, he's rushed for 46 yards and a touchdown, 83 yards and 107 yards and two touchdowns. You know, Josh Allen, both games ran, he ran for 77 and 32. Justin Fields, Jake Browning, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, they all ran for over 25 yards because they the, the, the structure of the defense invites some quarterback runs. You can get out, you can kind of get out the barn door a little bit. They're going to have to make some calibrations. The one thing about the Chiefs, though, and their defense is they have been one of the best teams of, like, in-game adjustments. Adjustments. They have one of the best second The Bills were smoking them in the first half, and then it was just – it all changed in the second half. And it's not a one-game sample. For the season now, Yeah, they have allowed the lowest completion rate in the NFL in the second half of games, 55.8%. They've allowed 5.8 yards per pass attempt in the second half. That's third in the NFL. They've allowed only eight total touchdown passes in the second half this season – and no quarterback has thrown multiple passing touchdowns in the second half against the Chiefs this season. Whereas you look in the first half, they've had a 66% completion rate that's 18th in the NFL, a 4% touchdown rate that's 15th in the NFL. So, like, the start of this game for both sides is is going to be extremely, like, important to this game. Like, if the Ravens are able to play out in front and the Chiefs are in, like, the situation where they have to score points, that's tough. And vice versa, if the yeah, Chiefs are able to keep I don't feel good tight, about that. And you have to keep, you know, Lamar, if you have to make Lamar Jackson a drop back passer in the second half of this game, kind of remove some of the run game element. That's how the Chiefs have to, that's like their avenue to like win this game. I mean, ultimately, the just the situation that I cannot have or anyone holding a Chiefs ticket cannot have is they're down 10 points and it's like on Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony and Marquez Valdez Scanling and McCole Hardman to make plays. Like, it's just, you can't, 
because you'll just lose. I mean, that like I know MVS MVS did actually have two of the bigger plays of his entire Chiefs career last week, actually. Um, I mean, the AFC Conference Championship last year, he was really good, but the he had a 30-yard catch on a first and 10 when they were inside their own 10, and then he had a fourth-quarter first-down catch where he was like 30 yards down the field, which, by the way, is like such a, to me, it is such a compliment to someone like Mahomes because so many other guys would just be like, I'm not fucking throwing you the ball anymore. Like, I'm just like, dude, I am done with like, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers trusting MBS in that spot? He would have just been, he would have been over it. You know, he would have, he would have, he would just do, he would just, you know, toss a, I guess he would throw it away is what Rodgers would do is Rodgers would just throw the ball away. I saw some people comparing this uh, Mahomes season to the Brady season where like Rasheed Caldwell was his like number one wide receiver. (laughs) I mean, it's not exactly fair because Kelsey is still there and like, that's like a first ballot hall of famer guy. Although, I mean, Kelsey is just like, let's be real about it. It's just, he did score the two touchdowns, but he just is not. I don't know what I don't know if he's hurt or if it's just like the, the dude's 34 years old and it's been super cold outside, but it's it's not the same thing at all. Like when, and, when and that's what scares me for this matchup is for this particular matchup is the Chiefs are are largely okay. Uh, they're okay to good when like Rice and Kelsey are able to do some stuff. Yeah, like in like those two guys, I actually think run into probably their tar their hardest layouts of maybe you know the past month plus. Uh, that they've had so like if they're able to be just kind of stymied a little bit like if Rasheed Rice has like 60 yards and Kelsey has like 50 yards like how do the Chiefs win a game that way Pacheco Mahomes scrambles this would be a great game for McKinnon to be involved kind of I think they're I think they're gonna miss McKinnon uh in this spot oh that's another another point I wanted to make I mean this is maybe more for like prop betting type stuff but I I do believe that um, Justice Hill is going to play quite a bit here. I, I think that I think it just makes more sense to have a guy who can catch some passes and is like a little bit more dynamic. Like Gus Edwards is going to get you know his early down stuff or whatever, but I would bet that Justice Hill plays more snaps and kind of sees you know five something targets or whatever in in the passing game. Like it, if the Chiefs are going to be really aggressive in blitz, which they have done, it it does make sense to have a guy who's like functional in. The passing game and Patrick Ricard. I mean, our boy Patrick Ricard gonna be gonna be a big a big part of this game. How much twelve personnel do you think that they'll play with likely and Andrews? Yeah, it's tough to say they have a guy you know that they can mix in. I, I mean, think I don't expect Andrews to be like a hundred percent. I don't expect him to. I expect him to play like a high leverage. Well, it's spot. been an ankle injury, so his conditioning is gonna be shit. So there's no way he like he hasn't been running. Yeah, I imagine he plays like red zone, third downs, pure passing stuff, like, you know, mix in maybe some dial up like plays that they have like in the playbook just for him. Yeah. Uh, likely he's been good, though, for like a like a big play, like tight end. It's interesting because like he's he's been kind of getting there just on touchdowns for fantasy purposes. Like he's yeah. not really doing a lot of at least outside of these touchdown catches, but he's a he's a big there are big plays he's making. Uh, you know, he's had a lot of long catch and run stuff. Uh, you know, you go back to like, if you look like his longest catch stuff, uh, he had a long gain against the 49ers. He had a long gain against the Rams. He had a huge gain against the Dolphins on like that one-handed catch that he turned into a touchdown. So he's getting like, it's just adding another big play element. The guy I think that's going to be kind of dusted off this week is Odell. I think Odell, for the way the structure of defense that the Kansas City Chiefs play, 
and the way he's been utilized this year is a big signal, I think, for Odell Beckham in this game. I mean, the the, the amount of man-to-man coverage that the Kansas City Chiefs play and how good they are at just locking down opposing wide receiver ones, and I assume that, the, that they will still handle Zay Flowers that way. The, the Texans still did with Derek Stingley that it's going to open up some opportunity for, you know, Odell Beckham. He almost as many receiving yards this season against man coverage than Zay Flowers. And Zay Flowers is like 200 more pass routes run against it's like an 18 yard difference. So Odell definitely, I think is a mini X factor uh, in this game. I think that, uh, I mean, a lot of people were expecting that last week and then it just basically like, it just didn't matter. They just played like a ball control game. And it, 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 like you said, it never mattered. It was a condensed like passing game. They, they really kind of brought things in and then they really found something in the second half with Lamar and a lot of those designed runs in the second half of that game. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, what do you even want to do? You know, it doesn't feel good laying points against Mahomes. I will like, it never does. And typically my rule on this show has always been if Mahomes getting points, you just take them. Like that's it. You just take them. That's the, that's the rule. Yeah, but you know the other thing is uh, probably the two, probably the most profitable player in the history of us doing this specific show together has just been Lamar Jackson. Like we just we have believed in Lamar Jackson, and when Lamar has been in spots where it's tight or where the market might be going against us, we say, you know what. I believe in that guy. I mean, obviously, there's no fucking chance that I'm betting on, uh, you know, there's no chance I'm betting on the Ravens in this spot. I would definitely take Mahomes and the Chiefs in this spot. But I think, I mean, I mean, there's definitely a chance that this is like an instant classic game. I think, I think this is the, of the two games, this is the one that has the ability to be one that we like are going back and thinking about like real, you know, like, I don't know if it'll be like the 13 second game, but like the 13 second game where it's like, it just kind of oh, becomes no, yeah. <laughs> like its own, its own. I mean, I fuck, I hope it's not like that though. My man. Hey, this one could be game. a fight, man. In this one game, this, this game could have like three total touchdowns. Like there's definitely, an oh, avenue yeah. where, there's definitely an avenue where like, that's an outcome for this game. Oh, I would say, I would say it's like, that if, if you had to, if you had to say like, what's more likely like a 38, 35 or a 17-14. Um, 17-14 seems way more likely, I think. Yeah. Just the yeah. kind of it's kind of what happens in these heavyweight fights. All right. So that was like a really good game. There's a lot going on. I think the 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 outcome is totally up in the air. I gotta be honest. I just do not feel that way at all about 49ers Lions. I think the Lions are a great story. I think it's awesome that they're here. We all love Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, you know, kind of redemption after being given up on by the Rams and oh look at the nerds you know they took an inside linebacker and a running back with their first two picks and dude they I Debo or no Debo I I think they just get absolutely ran out of the building I I I think you can take the 49ers alternate stuff up to like minus 10 and a half that's it's I I um actually drove over to Illinois to make a couple bets because I was just like this is the the 49ers are just going to handle their business here well, I mean, you look at this game, the Lions offense definitely on paper is it belongs with the, all of these teams that are left in the playoffs. But the difference is when you start to separate these four remaining teams from each other is the Lions defense. I mean, you look at the Ravens, they're first in the NFL in points allowed per game. The Chiefs are second. Guess who's third? The 49ers. Uh, the, the Lions are 23rd. Uh, yep. All three of those other t- teams that I named are top seven in yards per play allowed. The Lions are 28th. The other three teams are top seven points allowed per drive. The Lions are 26. 
Uh, Lions are when they've allowed twenty eight or more points this season. They're two and four. Obviously, they're facing a team that has scored twenty eight or more points in ten games this season. It's second in the NFL. People will bring up the Debo Samuel splits. You'll hear them like kind of just flippantly thrown out all week. You probably already have heard them that the 49ers are eight and nine with Debo when he's out. You have to go back and look in the context of some of the games he's missed, though. They had won four games in a row without Debo Samuel before the two this year. And when you look at what happened in those two games, week seven and week eight, with Brock Purdy in those games, he was still excellent. He completed over 70% of his passes in those games, 9.1 yards for pass attempt and 11.8 yards for pass attempt. What got them those two games, you know, and it's going to be huge in this single game playoff format is the turnovers. He turned the ball over three times and two times in those games. And those, if you win the turnover battle by multiple turnovers, you're going to have a good shot to win in the NFL. And that's like the one path the Lions have in this game. Like they have to do what the Packers didn't do last week. They have to convert some of those because Purdy's going to throw like two to a game that you're like, because that's the structure of the offense that the offense is designed to throw like a lot of in breaking stuff over the middle of the field. Yep. And sometimes you'll have some of the, like you can throw into traffic and Darnell Savage dropped one. I think Nixon dropped one last week. And as bad as the Lions have been, they're the first team in NFL history to allow over 300 passing yards and multiple passing touchdowns in five straight games uh, coming into the playoffs. And these are like guys like Nick Mullins and Baker Mayfield as part of this like sample too. Yeah. But they do have nine interceptions in that over that span. So they, they can get some turnovers. That's like their one path is they have to get turnovers. And I will say like the backdoor path for the Lions, and if you're just taking a Lions and points perspective, is you have the same thing we talked about in the wild card round is that, listen, Dan Campbell is going to coach this game like like he's a seven-point dog. He is. Yes. Like, and, and that's like the one thing you feel like. like. The Lions have been cover gods under Dan Campbell. I mean, he's the best head coach against the spread in NFL history over the first three years of his career. And when they're getting six or more points, they're 12 and four against the spread. And now, granted, if you're going for like a major upset, they've only won two of those those games, two of those 16 games outright. So expecting like the ultimate upset is probably thin, but like, if you are taking the seven here with the Lions, I think you are live because we saw it again last week with Kyle Shanahan and at the end of that first half against the Packers, like these guys in this coaching tree, like the, for as smart as these guys are, man, they have it's this crazy. one just fatal flaw, man. And I made the joke that said like, well, all these guys started coaching too young to ever play Madden. So they don't know, but uh, like, geez, dude, it, Kyle Shanahan almost cost them another playoff game, like outright on his own last week. Yeah, I mean it is it feels like it feels like that is just like the the thing that he was put on this earth to do is like is just like blow up these great teams chances of of winning Super Bowls. It's just like I'm not even like really a huge in fact I've been against Shanahan in in a lot of these spots before like these really big spots, but I mean I do feel like Purdy is closer to adding a little bit of the the true Shanahan vision where you know he basically is just able to play quarterback like through the eyes like he's like uh he's like controlling him you know like he's like I think Purdy's definitely better than Jimmy basically is what I'm saying like I like almost almost assuredly better than Jimmy so I think that's part of it the other thing is is the Lions run defense has been so good you know we talked about this last week against the Buccaneers um well like yeah, your run defense can be really good, but is it going to be really good against Christian McCaffrey? Like if you are giving it up on the back end via the pass and you're just getting, you know, you're just giving 7.3 yards per play to Ayuk and Juwan Jennings and George Kittle, 
and Christian McCaffrey is averaging 4.9 yards per carry against you and Shanahan. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he just lucks out and the clock and, and the, the down and distance stuff just goes out in such a way that he doesn't cost his team a bunch of points. You know, I just, the 49ers, I, I have not, I know they like the Ravens are definitely better than them. And I took the Ravens in that game. In fact, the Ravens were my number one that week on, on Christmas when we did that, but the 49ers are still the death star of the NFC. Yeah, they have, uh, the, the, the small little place that Luke Skywalker can go and blow it up. And that is, you know, you get Brock Purdy off his spot, get Brock Purdy, some bad weather, you know, whatever, like, it is, it's the fundamental flaw that has always existed with the 49ers. It's why they took Trey Lance. It's why it's why they tried to make that work. Like they know it as much as we know it. But literally the Lions also have the same issue. Like no one, no one thinks Jared Goff, you know, became Tom Brady this year. Like Goff is who he is. Goff will make very similar to Brock. He'll throw two throws that immediately when it leaves his hand, he's going to want it back. You know, like it'll be, it, it's the exact same thing. And the 49ers defense is, is phenomenal. The 49ers are just good at everything. Yeah, and that's the where you flip the, start to flip this. Is you look at the Lions, and it, it's a great story. Obviously, they, they break the curse of going over 30 years without winning a playoff game, and they only have to wait another week to get a second playoff win, which is, you know, which is awesome. It wasn't one of those things where it was just like, hey, we finally won one. You know, now they're, they're, they're in their second NFC championship game ever. Uh, they, they're one of these teams, like, probably the public's going to root for because they're the one remaining team. Oh, for sure. They haven't made the Super Bowl ever since the Super Bowl came. They're, like, one of four teams left. But they've had such a good layout of opponents for what Jared Goff does. And I'm not talking about the home stuff. I don't care about the home road stuff. I don't even think it's really real with Jared Goff. Uh, it's you know, indoor, outdoor. And it's not even just indoor, outdoor. It's like just bad weather and then like opponent driven. The one thing that's always mattered for Jared Goff his entire career is disruption. Can you move yep. Jared Goff off his spot? Can you get him to play outside of the play structure? Because once he has to then he just completely kind of, you know, is a volatile quarterback and he doesn't really know how to play himself. That's why Purdy, I think, has been the better version of the non-Matt Ryan quarterback as for the Shanahan 49ers, like has, has been able to take like his, this offense to, uh, to another gear that Garoppolo did is because Purdy actually can win out of play structure a lot more than Jimmy ever could. Uh, but Goff still has this problem and, you know, he, he faced two teams that don't really, get after the passer to a high degree the bucks try they send a lot of blitzes but it's like a fugazi pass rush because it's like all trying to ma manipulate it with, with blitzes and they weren't able to, to pressure jared goff in either game that they played he's been pressured on just 33 percent of his dropbacks in the playoffs it's the lowest rate of any passer in the playoffs that has played multiple games uh and when he's been kept cleaning those games i mean look at 42 of 51 passing uh nine yards for pass attempt all three of his touchdowns with the small sample he's been pressured, it's the same thing for the season. 4.9 yards for pass attempt, no touchdowns uh, for the season. I mean, he he completely drops, and his, his splits against pressure and non-pressure matter so much more. And then the other thing is, too, is the structure of this offense. No one has thrown more passes over the middle of the field this season than Jared Goff. 57% of his passes are from numbers to numbers. It's the highest rate in the league. Uh, on those throws, he's got a 78% completion rate, 8.9 yards for pass attempt. Well, guess what? The 49ers are the best NFL's defense in the middle of the field. They've allowed a league low 73 rating. They've allowed just six passing touchdowns on throws between the numbers this year to 17 interceptions. 
They're third in the NFL in yards. They're past him. So like they're just structurally built to 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 be a a defense that plays against a guy like Jared Goff and where his strengths are. Because when Goff's been forced to throw outside the numbers, his numbers take a massive hit. He he drops the twenty second in the NFL on completion rate. He goes to nineteenth in yards per pass attempt. Then that's where you kind of beat up the 49ers. It's like where they're a little bit vulnerable is on the edges. Like the, the interior of the 49ers defense, like if you're just looking at it from like, you know, a straight down the box shot, like uh, that's where they're strongest. You want to be able to get on the outside because in the run game, that's where they're, they're worse at too. Like you can't run up the middle on the 49ers. They've been great, but you can run on the edges against them. So like do the Lions, are they going to be able to kind of like get some of the, the outfield uh, outside the box, like big plays in this against this defense. And I don't think there's just going to be enough of them for them uh, to do so. So that's kind of what it just comes down to. Like I, the only path I see for the Lions winning this is like I said, they have to get multiple takeaways in this game. They have to. That's really their only Avenue, right? I mean, because I, the, 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 a, a non-disrupted, non-turning over 49ers team probably just like gets to like 35 points here. You know, like McCaffrey does his thing. One of the wide receivers will make a crazy play. George Kittle will randomly be completely uncovered for one play that'll turn into a 54-yard gain. I mean, that's just like the exact 49ers script. And, uh, you know, I mean, like I can see like Gibbs having like a truly great game breaking play or St. Brown, like they make something completely out of nothing. Like Gibbs takes a swing pass, 64 yards, touchdown, you know, makes a safety miss. Like all, all of these things are in the in the realm. But I just honestly like I, I think the 49ers are like way better, like way, way better. I, I um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I, hard not to race like that Lions Ravens game, right? Like it's just it's like hard to just not to just go like that's like a one like time like they face like a truly elite team this year, and I know people will maybe will say like talk like the Chiefs in the opener without Kelsey, but like when Kadarius Tony like gifted them a win, but like when they went into Baltimore, and what Baltimore Baltimore scored four touchdowns before the Lions got a first down in that game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm biased. Maybe I just have like a Jared Goff like blind spot or something. I don't know. You know, Ben Johnson, very good offensive coordinator. They're they're definitely gonna have some wrinkles that the 49ers are not ready for. You know, so it'll be it'll be. I don't think they're gonna get completely dog walked because, like I said, it's like you know the, the they've been good as dogs. They like the, the Dan Campbell thing. Like they're not. They've got some outs. I think the of the the defenses that we've said are really good left, and the 49ers are one of those. Compared to the Chiefs and Ravens, though, the 49ers seem to have like laps more frequent lapses than those other two teams. Like, and you look at last week, like because the Packers got into the red zone, I think their first six drives last week against the 49ers. So as good as good defenses go, I definitely think that there's a tear break. I definitely think the Ravens and Chiefs are consistently have consistently been a lot better than the 49ers this year. So they have, have had some soft spots. I just think where they're vulnerable as I don't think the lions are really particularly built to take complete advantage of. So that's why I think hurts them here. But I, I mean, I'm with you. I think the 49ers basically take care of this. Like they, I think the 49ers have to lose this game more than the lions win it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and I think that's probably the difference between the two games is I'm like, you know, whatever team just comes out and plays the better game between the Ravens and the chiefs, that'll be a deserved winner. But like if the 49ers show up and play like a B plus 49ers game, 
they probably are not sweating, but like you need really what you need is you need Purdy to do like what Dak did against Green Bay, like more or less, like just like completely shit himself for for a, a period. Now, obviously, like Dak, like in the first half was like so bad, like not that bad, but like one really bad throw that he needs back or like Shanahan kicking on fourth and inches from him the Lions 48 or whatever, or, or like kneeling out at the end of the first, just like being way too conservative, which is kind of the hallmark. Like when I think back on the Shanahan tenure, that's like kind of what I'm going to remember, assuming that they don't win a Super Bowl, which, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Um, yeah, man, that's all I got. Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. It's a, I'm looking forward to the games though. I think they're going to be fun. Um, I, I hope so. I hope they're good. Last week was a good, a good round of games. Yeah, yeah, it was. They all they all were good games. Hoping for good games this weekend. Hoping for another Chiefs Super Bowl. I mean, honestly, I hope the Lions win. I hope it's I hope it's Chiefs Lions. I don't want I don't want to have to play the. Fight. I mean, that's the storybook, right? Not only the Lions, but that's it's the game started that started the season. The season. Yeah, it's, you you book in the season with Chiefs Lions, Chiefs Lions. Yeah, I mean, look. The NFL and everyone wants Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Everyone wants it. Everyone wants the Chiefs to win for Travis to get down on one knee and propose to Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. It's like literally what everyone wants. So I hope we get it. I am I am rooting for it officially on the record. Um, got a bunch of honestly, what I've been doing with the 49ers is I've been uh, I've been parlaying the 49ers money line, which is all the shit that I like this week and everything like golf head to heads parlayed with the 49ers money line, like just to, just to juice it up a little bit. Cause obviously it's, it's huge. It's not that fun of a straight wager to make. No, no, you're not going to get a lot on there. I mean, I like the, I think 49ers team total first half team total. Like those are all like side bets. If you just feel like, the, like, Hey, I, I'm, it's the NFC championship game. I don't want to lay seven points. I think those are alternative like bets you can make where you could just get the cheer for them. Yeah, uh, those those I think are sound. Uh, first half over in this game could be something too, like a first half game over uh, would be like an initial bet too. Because sometimes this 49ers defense, like I said, they take a while to get going. Like you know, sometimes you can you can kind of strike on them early in games. So maybe first half uh, over something like that, you kind of mix up. But other than that, I mean, we're just gonna be betting what like some Brandon eight props. Yeah, I mean, if Debo if Debo plays and and his props are nuked to some degree because it's assuming like a halfway Debo, I'll be in on those. I'll probably be in on um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire overs. Like if he's if his over is like eight and a half rushing yards. Uh, last week it was five and a half receiving yards. Like I, I'm gonna be hitting those just based off of Pacheco maybe being a little bit banged up, but also. Just, just kind of, I don't know. Just feels like it feels like if Andy can't hand it off to McCole Hardman at the goal line, the frustrating thing he's going to be doing is like throwing the ball to Clyde Edwards Hilaire too much. What were you thinking on that McCole Hardman pop pass? Because the game is over. Like if he, if they, score, it's over. It's over. Like... What I'm thinking is that <laughs> it's sort of like the the Andy Reid fucking around at the goal line is kind of like the monkey's paw of of being and they had kind of stopped that like this year they had kind of gotten away from it this year because they were so bad at scoring that they kind of just played they kind of just had to yeah they kind of had to do the things um yeah i mean it's just like if 90 percent of my relationship with patrick mahomes and andy reed has been nothing but giving me joy which it has been then I have to accept that sometimes mccall hardman is going to get a pop pass at the goal line or that 
uh, third you and seven. You have to be in like week 14 and not the. I mean, do you not remember <laughs> the, the Burrowhead game? It's third yeah. and it's third and goal. They score Before here. The it's pretty much over. And he has Blake Bell throw a pass. He calls the belldozer. And it's just like, okay, Andy, whatever, dude. You know, whatever. Like, if that's what you want to do, fine. It just kind of, it is what it is. You know, you can't. But the thing is, though, is like, you can't get mad at McCall Hardman. It's like, it's like a, a, you know, the adult leaves a wine glass out on the table where a that kid can true. get it. And the kid knocks the wine glass over. Do you yell at the kid? Absolutely not. Not the kid's fault. The kid's two years old. He's just doing what he does. You yell at the adult who left the wine glass out. Andy Reid is the adult who left the wine glass out, giving McCall Hardman a carry at the four-yard line. Like, he's Hardman. He's going to do what he does. <laughs> I mean, listen, you got nothing to add to that. Tony, Tony, to Tony, Tony is going to be back this week. If you're looking for a reason to bet on the Baltimore Ravens, Canaries Tony's probably going to play this week. So if you're, if you're looking for a mole from the inside, <laughs> um, that's that's your angle. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, Reeves and I'll be back. We'll do at some point. We'll do a little Super Bowl thing. Maybe we'll run some props. We we we'll give do. our we'll give our takes. You know, we'll we'll get after it. Make sure that you are checking out uh, all of the awesome content over on Sharp Football. Yeah, Both games are free this weekend, so you can just go read them. There you go. You can just read uh, all of Reeves's thoughts. You can just directly download all of his thoughts, and we'll be back next week. Take it easy. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 